Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Falcon and the Winter Soldier. 30 questions the show where each week we ask 30 questions about each episode of the new series on Disney+. Plus. I am your host, Adam Portress, and joining me today, he's the superest of soldiers, Sweet Sean Zakovacs from the internet. I'm going to have to rip off this sleeve to show off my robot arm. <laughs> and he'll keep asking you to scoot closer, Bruce Leslie. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good one. <laughs> we you know, are, that was rock solid, Adam. We're back, everybody. Uh, season one, episode two. I always say these seasons with this because you never know, but I think we know. <laughs> it's uh, episode two of the series entitled The Star Spangled Man. Let's get it going with question number one. Am I alone or does this show seem to be much more like a movie told in parts than a TV show? And is that a good or bad thing? I love the way that they're parsing out this show and it does feel like a movie, not a TV show, which I think, you know, that line we're, we're in the middle of that line getting blurred, aren't we? I yeah. mean, yeah. you know, these, you know, Disney plus specifically is going to be the thing where like, I can't remember if, is that, is that a movie or a TV show? This is where all that is going to start. And and I'm fine with it. I, I just want to see something good. And this is something good. So I love it. And I'm not trying to like mock anything or make a joke here, but just totally seriously, the total runtime for all six episodes probably will be shorter than the Snyder Cut that was a movie broken yeah. into parts. Yeah. So it'll be an easy one for people to, to binge through once it's all said and done and pretend like it's a long movie if they want. It honestly will probably have a runtime about that of Endgame. I will say this, at least uh, at least, <laughs> at least, we didn't get like a, the uh, the previously on, and we all just kind of go like, well, what are they trying to say with, with, with a voice that says previously on, like we did with WandaVision? <laughs> oh my God, were we trying to like, and not for nothing, that was a lot of fun, but this doesn't seem but like the I, show where we're second guessing every little thing that comes yeah. down the pike, you know? I do have at least seven possibilities for who could be Mephisto in this show. Well, <laughs> in the end, we were all Mephisto. I did see Ooh. I did see a meme where somebody posted a picture of the new Spider-Man movie and everything, and they look, you know, it's the back of the Spider-Man suit, and they just little trace a little M right there. They're like, boom, Mephisto confirmed. So <laughs> yeah. it's all over the place. Question Question two. number two. This week's opening theme was performed by a marching band. Is it just me, or are all songs better when performed by a marching band? I am a sucker, sucker for popular music in marching band form. I love it. I've always loved it. I, I didn't even know that I loved it until probably like five or six years ago when I started doing a deep dive on that and trying to find like, Hey, what's the coolest one? You know, like what one, what one really gets me pumped. And I gotta say doing the star spangled man song from the first Avenger yeah. is such a stroke of genius and immediately I was already all in on this show, but having the show start with that, it was just glorious. Oh man. I got to tell you how much of a sucker I am for marching band version of popular music. And I believe it was episode two of Riverdale. The marching band played sugar, sugar. And I was at that moment. If you go back and listen to our review, I was like, I'm going to be a Riverdale guy from here on out. <laughs> Spoiler. I wasn't. <laughs> it was all what? about that stupid song. That is awesome. I watched the, the YouTube version of that song 10 times before we did that review. Yeah. I I'm a, I, I'm a fan of the marching band stuff. I love to me. It's, it's the, it's the coolest part about like, you know, all the, college sports specifically because those tend to be the the big dogs of all of this is the 
the obvious musical skill that goes into everything, plus military-esque timing and precision for everything. And like when you can add like, you know, the brain and the soul together and put it in this big giant mash, it is amazingly good. Better, th- uh, th- I may give you a couple of songs here and there, maybe better in marching band form. Some, I'll, I'll take a little bit of umbrage with that, but by and large, it is always fun to watch when it's done really well. And it's really been a a thing that's been going on for uh, a good long while. I remember, yeah. like the when I was in middle school, I could I was walking down the hall by myself because I was probably in trouble for something more than likely, and I could hear coming out of the band room. And these are just kids in like you know sixth, seventh, eighth grade that were all playing the Jurassic Park theme. It was the most majestic thing I'd ever seen, <laughs> like just bellowing through the halls, like not even like super great, but enough to where it was like, oh my gosh, this is cool. So it makes anything cool. Hey, it, it all started for me when I saw Stevie Nicks sing Tusk with the USC marching band. And from that point forward, I knew marching bands were where it was at. What a strange choice, but okay. <laughs> That's where it started, man. It was on <laughs> HBO once. Question three. Okay, for those folks who think that this show isn't nerdy enough, get ready. <laughs> so did you guys watch later season X-Files? And the reason why I'm asking this question is because when David Duchovny no longer wanted to be on the show or he was in contract negotiations or something like that, there's a couple of seasons there, not the Robert Patrick seasons it's before that. Does, so here we, here we go into the second part of this question. Does the new cat feel like when Agent Crycheck took over for Mulder? Because you didn't hate that guy, but you didn't like him either. Yeah, Krychek was definitely one of those guys, and he had like a he had a lot of baggage with him coming into that from from previous seasons and stuff. So like you you always didn't kind of trust him and stuff. But definitely with Robert Patrick and the uh, Doggett character, I I almost I I probably did dislike him a little bit more because it was just like ah who is this guy coming in here? You're not Mulder, get out. And of course that was also the time where Scully was more of the believer and had to you know counteract everyone else's uh, non-belief right. and stuff, which, and I like Scully more as a skeptic than I do uh, in out and out believer of aliens and stuff. I never watched any of those later seasons of the X-Files, but in the comic books, I did refer to uh, Lamar Hoskins and Johnny Walker as Coy and Vance. If you get where I'm coming at with Hello. That. Yeah. yeah. The, you know, cause cry check later in, in like even later seasons, becomes a bad guy and he's a great bad guy when, when he makes that turn. And so I'm wondering if they're planning the same thing with new cap, but we don't know. And that's kind of what makes it fun. Yeah. Crycheck has such a punchable face. You just want to punch that guy sometimes. <laughs> he's like, well, super it doesn't angry. help. It doesn't help that he, that he looks a little bit like uh, the guy who played Booker on uh, oh, Richard Grieco. <laughs> <laughs> like he looks oh, a little man. bit. He's, he's like, he's like the rich man's Richard Grieco. This show oh, has something remember, for everybody. <laughs> remember when Richard Grieco was the star and Johnny Depp wasn't? I do. I do. We call that later season 21 Jump Street. (laughs) It's coming full circle now. Richard Grieco is slightly more popular than Johnny Depp again. (laughs) Richard Grieco, he's back. (laughs) Question Question number four. Johnny Walker and his lady have a special uh, pinky swear kiss thing that they do. Do you find that cute when couples have things like this? As long as they do it when they're alone, (laughs) it's fine. (laughs) Yes, agreed. 
Agreed. Yeah, it's, it's. I think you're right, Bruce. And I didn't think about that alone. Perfectly fine. But if you're out and, and in, you in front and you have like a, uh, like a, a, what do you call it? Fraternity high five with your lady. That's weird. Uh, but I'll say once you get like grandparent age, it's kind of cute again. That's yes, a, that's a, that's different. That's different. We're not. But yeah, yes. I, I just mean like uh, you know, a couple of a couple of adults doing something like that is like oh, that's a little cringe. Yeah, all couples do stuff like that, but the smart ones do it where nobody else hide can it see. in public True. where no one has to watch your garbage. Fair enough. <laughs> Question five. I understand that Johnny was interviewed on Good Morning America because it is a Disney-owned property, but in the real world, isn't the Today Show a bigger deal? Yes, the Today Show is a bigger deal, and you know that because it's on the air for 87 hours a day. But I'll say this. I'll tell you the reason why I I thought that I included this question, because I'm thinking about the Marvel timeline, right? And I think at this point in in the timeline, which relates back to our own time, uh, Kathy Lee Gifford is still on the Today Show, and you don't want her and Hoda just going down drinking, you know, three <laughs> bottles worth of uh, wine before you know eleven a.m. Just getting super drunk and going, "Oh my goodness, this Captain America touched him inappropriately." They don't want that, so you go over to Good Morning America with a girl that I'm not actually sure is on Good Morning America, but I haven't watched that in years, so I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I, all I know is I like Al Roker. Roker's Roker's just a gas man. That guy's like he intentionally or not, he's always just stupid, hilarious because he's just so he's himself. He's not and afraid you know, to be who he is on television. And I can remember we're going back thirty years at least, but I can remember him telling a story about how he didn't learn to read until he was an adult, and now he's like a media personality. Cool story. Yeah, and he's, he's, he's mostly kept the good majority of that weight off and everything, too. And for laparoscopic surgery and stuff, that doesn't always uh, work out the best. But he's he stayed, you know, fairly trim, certainly considering what, you know, his weight used to be and stuff. So good for that guy. Yeah. Number six, Sean. Number six, have you ever been offered chicken and livers? Uh, have you ever been offered chicken livers and crackers? Once. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no one ever heard of that man again. You can't find his body and you can't prove anything. I haven't like I've never I've never had liver not for not you know if somebody put it in front of me it's that's one of those many foods that like I don't know that I would go out of my way to pay for it to figure it out but if somebody's like I've got some of this and it's already cooked and ready to go I would give it a shot because I'm I'm adventurous I'll try just about anything uh, but it's got to be kind of in front of me but I don't think I would ever go out of my way uh, to particularly do that but one of my favorite parts was when he goes, all of the finest ingredients. It's in a Tupperware bowl <laughs> that's got a lid on it. And I'm just like, I don't think fine cuisine is ever sitting in a Tupperware bowl just waiting for you to come in. But he's so proud of everything that he's got there. Oh, look, my wife came in. She cleaned up everything. We made this place nice and accommodatable for all of you guys. He was so nice. I know it's one of those situations where I could see me like choking down chicken liver, which I'll go on record as one of my most hated foods of all time. Just trying to be polite and choking it down before I could go in the bathroom and hurl. That's the name of your autobiography, right? Choking down chicken liver. <laughs> it's choking down baked beans, but that's another story. I, uh, you ever go to like, I've been to a couple of KFCs where they just go, uh, we have chicken livers available on demand. And I'm like, who's doing that? Who's going like, yes, sign me up for this. I mean, it takes, it takes all kinds, I guess. Question seven. We see Johnny Walker throw his shield around Steve style, but how much of it is the man and how much of it is the shield? 
That is an excellent question, Adam, because I had not put that together until you asked the question. I think that uh, there's probably a bit of training involved. They're probably like going through game footage, you know, like, hey, see what Steve does here. This is how he gets that shield back. Uh, I think there's a bit of that happening. Because um, he throws it out there in some of the B-roll footage on Good Morning America, and it's going ping, 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 and then right mm-hmm. back to him. I'm just like, okay, so. Now, here's, like here's a question. Steve. Here's a question within a question. I'm going to get meta with it. Do you think uh, Wyatt Russell really went out there and threw that shield and caught it like that? Uh, I'm going to say that that was what we call computer-generated imagery. And I think that perhaps the the U.S. government would have access to that technology. I think maybe he didn't really do that. Well, he does. He does do something fairly similar on top of the trucks and stuff. So I, I, yeah. I think he's got that skill. Okay, then I think it's the man. I don't myth think it's busted. The All right, question eight. <laughs> okay, this comes from a listener. Is a sorcerer really just a wizard without a hat? Asking for a chubby friend. That comes from Matt Schnapp, a.k.a. Matt Schnapp. I named a physical, uh, I named a fictional gas station after Matt Schnapp, so I'm a big fan of his. So, guys? Uh, yeah, I, I think this argument kind of holds true because I can't say that we've ever, I've ever seen somebody be labeled a sorcerer that has that hat, but only wizards can have that hat. Now, you don't have to be a hat wearer to be a wizard per se, I don't think. But I think it, uh, sorcerer, no hat. I, I think that's correct. Sean, I know you love wizards. What do you say? I do, and sorcery. Uh, I, I think that uh, wizard needs food, <laughs> and sorcerer don't need food. Uh, I, actually, I, I think that, uh, th- to really answer the question, uh, a sorcerer, there's way more evil connotations to that than there is to a wizard. I think there's more. It's more than just about a hat. Yeah, because I think more sorcerers tend to lean towards the evil. One would mm-hmm. think, and mm-hmm. wizard that can be a good guy or a bad guy. It's like, oh, he's the dark wizard, or like you know, Gandalf the White. Mm. All right, guys, are you ready for the answer? All right, yep. I figure we 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 got to get to it, and you're the guy to do it. So <laughs> the answer is, it depends. <laughs> it depends on the magic system in the world in which they occur, because in the most classical magic system anybody's probably going to be familiar with in Dungeons and Dragons. A wizard is a person who studies and learns magic. Uh, arcane magic is practiced by a wizard. Sorcery is practiced by a sorcerer. A sorcerer is born with a certain magical power. Think of a sorcerer as like a mutant and think of a wizard as somebody more like Captain America who gets the super soldier serum. Anybody could get that and become a wizard, but you have to be born with that X gene to be a mutant. Okay. But that doesn't hold up in Marvel's magic system. But I, that's the real answer. It depends. Well, and that's how life mostly goes. It's just like, that well, depends upon the situation. Let's go to, is it, are we on me? It's nine. Nine, I'm sorry. In Fee's Nest and the Flag Smashers were stealing Madison. Is there anyone left on the planet who thinks they're the bad guys? Well, who are they stealing the medicine from? 
Yeah, that's that was my thought, and that's why I definitely put this question in here because I, I wanted to know exactly what you thought. Because if they're stealing medicine away from the people that need it, just because this is the vibe that I got, and you tell me if 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 you feel different, uh, that they were stealing away medicine because essentially they want to kind of control. They they are the uh, the population control people. They want it to go back like the blip. So in my mind, they're stealing these specifically so people don't get those that medicine. It's not like, hey, we need to take this medicine and give it to. Well, they do. They'll they'll take it and give it to the right people, so to speak, and and keep it away from you know the people that it was meant for. That's the vibe I got. I don't take it as that they're the population control people. I take it as like they're there shouldn't be any more borders. Well, no, but so they say that too. They, they want the world to go back to where it was like the blip. I feel like they want but to that, kill but That's it. how I took that when they well, say that. Yeah. How I'm taking, uh, how, if I take it on face value to me, this is like cyborg putting a hundred thousand dollars in a lady's bank account. Like they're just trying to show you, Oh, they're doing something good without thinking it all the way through. But okay. when you start to think about what they say they're dedicated to, I'm thinking that these are vaccines dedicated to people who return from the blip that are five years behind on their vaccines. You know, maybe no, whole new pandemics may have popped up during the blip. That kind of thing happens. And I feel like they're thinking it's not fair for the new people to get this when there are still pre-existing people that didn't have it yet. And that's their redistribution plan. But the people who were blipped are not to blame for being blipped. Yeah, I, I think that's, I that's think a good that's take. On point. Yeah. Good take. We shall see. Question 10. Uh, this one comes to us from a listener. Did you notice that Isaiah, apparently the first African American superhero in the MCU, is played by Carl Lumbly, the first African American superhero on primetime television from the series Mantis from 1994 to 1995? That comes to us from Matthew Secular Man Van Diver. I did not recognize him as mantis because i never watched mantis but this yeah. is an excellent question i never watched mantis either but maybe this is a future episode for us here on uh, uh or on hmp not here yeah oh, mantis 30 questions sorry sorry <laughs> uh I, I i can't imagine getting 30 questions out of each episode of that show uh <laughs> i i think that hey did you see him can you believe it mantis saved the day again uh, I I think that uh, I think that that is an excellent point. I think that is a a very telling uh, a, a very telling moment in television too. That we're looking at something from the mid '90s, and that's the first superhero who's an African American. Uh, we should all be ashamed of ourselves. Yeah, that's super strange. I, I like this actor. I thought he did a fantastic job. That was one of those, man, when he was on screen, he is just like owning every moment in that house, and you just feel every emotion coming off of him. Uh, such a fantastic performance. Yeah. Let's go to 11. Lamar Hoskins is Battlestar. How come I didn't know we were getting a Battlestar? Did you guys know we were getting a Battlestar? I don't know I what a Battlestar is. I got a better question is. for you. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. What's, Who what's is that? Battlestar? Yeah. Okay, so Battlestar was first introduced as Bucky. And when Johnny Walker became Captain America, they gave him a new Bucky who was Lamar Hoskins. And then later he changed the name from Bucky to Battlestar, and they kind of went their own ways. But they he actually made that change pretty quickly, like within 10 to 20 issues, I'd say. But then they did team up again, you know, on down the road. But Battlestar is a guy who got his powers from a character called Carl Mollis, also known as the power broker. 
And the deal is the power broker would give regular people superpowers, but then occasionally he would need a favor and that might require you to do something less than ethical. Hmm. And that's Battlestar. I thought it was kind of like a Marvel getting back at Rob Liefeld all those years and goes, oh, yeah, <laughs> you, you, tell, you got Shatterstar? We got Battlestar. So well, what's Battle up? Star you going to try to sue us now? Star. Well, you go along with the joke, damn it. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> I was thinking the other way around, just something else that Liefeld might have ripped off. Uh, listen, that's probably more likely, but who are we to say? Sorry, Rob. Why, why aren't Battlestar and Shatterstar uh, in this, in the same comic book. Well, Battlestar had a daughter named Galactica. I don't know where they got that idea. Hmm. Strange. Question 12. Both my daughters have been, both of my daughters have person specific nicknames, meaning that there's only a few people who can call them something. And, and Bucky has that with his name. Do you know anyone who has specific to the person nicknames? Bruce, I figure with where you come from, nicknames are probably just just about everywhere, yeah? There's a very, very, very small number of people that are allowed to call me Russell the Love Muscle, but I won't go into that. <laughs> oh, my word. <coughs> I'm sorry, you choked me up there. I don't have one uh, specifically like that, but I have something that's somewhat similar. Uh, my friend Brian, in the seventh grade, we had like mini corn dogs for lunch. And he, he ate them before anybody else could kind of basically sit down at the table. So I was like, wow, man, you sucked up those corn dogs like a vacuum cleaner. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to nickname you Corn Dog. So from seventh grade until today, I still call that guy Corn Dog. Uh, my parents do it. He He's okay with some of that, but he was actually less upset about the name and more upset when he found out that my parents do impressions of him. Which is <laughs> no, because because he's kind of like he was a proto uh, Cartman before Cartman was there, and it's always just that yeah, you know, screw you, I'm going home, and that's pretty much the voice that we give him. And my, he's like, listen, man, I don't mind you guys making fun of me, I don't mind all this stuff, but why do your parents got to do impressions of me? <laughs> and and I did have a friend that like certain members of his family would call him Little Pete, but his name was Michael, and I and I said. <laughs> Why do they call you Little Pete? And they say, well, they call my dad Pete, so they call me Little Pete. But his dad's name was Wayne. So I, that still was no answer. So, yeah, I know people like that. Oh, and, and growing up, like some, sometime in high school, uh, my, my it, like he tried to give, like Brian tried to give me a nickname back. And he called me, like, instead of just Corn Dog, he's like, well, you're Snoop Corn Dog because he's very unoriginal. Uh, so all of a sudden one night, my dad, about 10 PM comes into my room and hands me the cordless phone and goes here. And I'm like, what? All right. Hello. Yeah. Snoop. Dear. I'm sorry. What Snoop is Snoop there. I'm like, I think you got the wrong number. And I came into my dad. I'm like, what did you hand me the phone for? He just goes, he asked for Snoop. Isn't that what Joyner calls you? And I'm like, <laughs> did you think that that sounded like him? That sounded like an African-American gentleman. Why, why would you, why would you hand me this phone? I was very, very confused. So um, I guess that sort of answers this question in a weird way. No one else could call me that. Speaking, sir. Hello, sir. How are you? <laughs> hello. This 14-year-old boy just says hello on the other end of the phone. What, what are we talking about today, buddy? Uh, thir Number 13. 13. Uh, speaking of my brother, he brought up an interesting point that I didn't think about. Uh, if the members of the Flag Smashers all have Super Soldier Serum in them and the new Cap doesn't, wouldn't they just be kicking a hole through him during these fights? Wait a minute. New Cap doesn't have it? No, he is a plain Jane. Okay, so he, here's where we get into crackpot theories. I think he does have it, 
but the government is ashamed of the past that they've had with that super soldier serum. So they're trying to act like he's just naturally this good at stuff. And that's part of why they're going to say, well, we picked him instead of somebody else because look how good he is at everything. I think we're going to find out that he got his power from the same power broker that uh, Flag Smashers got theirs. I think that's going to be revealed. And that's that's why I was kind of asking that question about, do you think he's really throwing that? Because I think it's an enhanced human throwing that, but I was just kind of trying to throw you off the trail. I mean, no, it certainly makes sense. And because that's, I didn't think about that, but when he asked, it's like, yeah, they would just be like knocking the crap out of this dude left and right. Uh, But he does say on the Good Morning America, he just goes, look, I don't have any superpowers. I don't do anything. But you may be right, Bruce. He may just be. uh, Yeah, it's it's the way that Jose Canseco, Mark McGuire, Roger Clemens, they never used steroids. They were just freakishly huge for a couple of years. All of a sudden, they just turned from these skinny little rails of of dudes to these giant monsters. I think it's absolutely like that, man. I think it's it's Barry Bonds trying to get you to believe he just his forehead got bigger as he got in his 40s. I just ate. That's what Wheaties does to you. Don't you know anything? Yeah, but I think it's a little bit of that. I think uh, uh, I think that he knows what's been done, but there could even be the possibility that he doesn't even know that they did it to him. But yeah, I think he's absolutely had some kind of enhancement that they're trying to keep a secret. Hey, listen, I can naturally run 14 miles an hour. I don't know what you're talking about. 14. I know she's a British national by birth, but with those freckles and a name like Aaron Kellyman, she at least has an Irish grandparent, right? Quite possibly. I, I'm not I, I'm not aware of this actress or anything. I am so glad that, that she does have at least probably a version of the super soldier serum in her because uh that 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 that, that tiny little girl ain't kicking nobody's butt unless she's got some uh you know crazy uh you know, experimental drug rolling through her and everything. But, but that's what makes it so great when she does kick butt is because, you know, tiny young woman who can beat up some big guy like uh, Bucky. Oh, my gosh. When she jumped up, grabbed Red Wing and smashed her over her knee, it was just like, oh, okay, it's like that, is it? <laughs> I thought that was so badass. I was like, this is going to be good. Imagine how awesome that scene would have been with an actual falcon instead of a robot. <laughs> the falcon just explodes into a big giant pool of feathers. Look like that. It looked like that Randy Johnson pitch. <laughs> what happened? Stupid. Oh my goodness, we went dark there. Fifteen. So yeah, Irish oh, grandparent for yeah. sure. Fifteen, Sean. If a miracle happened, what would you change to make your life better? Like the psychiatrist asks. Oh, can you fix everything? Because I don't know that, like, that's one of those, like, you're asking the genie for more wishes, I think. Uh, Basic, well, I I, I think more or less my idea would, my ideal would be uh, go back and play from the start with all the information that you have currently at your disposal. (laughs) That's a bit on the miracle path. I, I think, like, this is you wake up and a miracle happened. Like, I don't, if you put time travel into it, then, man, you know, I just go back to, 18 slap myself in the face a hundred times and do it right. Yeah. But, that's what I, yeah, but that's I'm, I'm trying to think, you know, without time travel, just like I wake up in the morning and something unexpected happened overnight. Um, I, you know what I'd wake up and all my uh, YouTube videos had really hit hard and I realized, okay, I don't have to do the same kind of work every day if I don't want to. Uh, I, yeah, I guess the opposite for me would just be like, I would wake up and that job offer would finally come through. It's been a month where are you guys at. <laughs> They're not listening to this show, but that's the that's the current miracle I'm hoping for at this and, point. And Sean, <laughs> you rarely ask a question without already having an answer. What's your answer to this? Uh, I, I was not going in real world 
time like you guys were like I, you guys have like some real wish fulfillment happening my, my you guys have like, destroyed lives so you're asking about specific- well th- th- that's not what i'm saying at all like I, I if if you could have anything happen literally anything for me it would be that that like tomorrow we can all fly like that would be great yeah if you woke up with like superman-esque powers that'd be pretty sweet because i yeah. i would say that you know because I always I always differentiate when people go like you know what kind of superhero powers would you like and I'm like now keep in mind this is not like favorite superhero because my favorite super superhero is Spider Man but I don't want any of Spider Man's problems you know what I'm saying but uh, you've already got those I, that's what I'm yeah. saying I don't need more of them what Woo-hoo, do you could you there. could you imagine if I turn on the Spider Man at this point how bad could it possibly get <laughs> and and I hate to say this but like if I woke up with Superman's powers. Would it really make the things I don't like about my life go away? Like, I don't know how I would monetize that so I could change my career. I, I guess I could get a job moving furniture and be Your really good at that. Your housework would be done real quick, though. Like, so you'd have a lot of extra time because you'd be like, like whoop, clean. I, I'm too old to, to be taken seriously as a professional athlete. Like, I show up for tryouts. They're, they're going to know something's up. They're going to know I'm on the juice. <laughs> this man in his 40s is smoking all these 23-year-old kids. Well, I'm telling you, that is where the new, that's where the new wish fulfillment movie sh- should start going is the, the old, the old person who joins a professional sports team because kids don't care about that, but old guys do. Yeah. The, there was a Kevin Costner movie like that, right? There's the Kevin Costner movie and there's the rookie. Um, oh, that's the that, Dennis Quaid, right? Or was but that's it about Quaid? <laughs> that's, uh, no, it's Dennis. And those are the, basically the only two movies. Yeah. And one of them is based on reality. So like, like having, having something where like, you know, like, like a 55 year old man wakes up one day and he learns that he can be a professional, you know, like baseball pitcher or quarterback or whatever, like that would be the new wish fulfillment because all of us are, you know, man, man children. And yeah. so that's, the, I think that you would make a whole lot of money making that movie. I'm looking Man. for a rookie of the year remake at some point. I want that. To I, was it that the one where the kid broke his arm? Yeah. yeah. I love that movie. <laughs> I saw that at the drive-in. That's how old that movie is. So good. All right. What's our next question? Cause all I can think about is going into a boxing ring tomorrow with Superman's powers and getting 40 years of aggression out on some poor schlep who's 22. The man who 16. took down. Yeah. 16. Is there anything less hardcore than being arrested for skipping your therapy session? That's pretty It's pretty weak. It's not like, what, what are you in, are you in for? for? <laughs> exactly. I gave water to someone who was trying to vote. Yeah, that's, <laughs> Maybe that's that would one. be a good one. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe uh, after Thanksgiving dinner, you threw a picture over a cliff and the sheriff found it. Kept you out of the army. Is that from something? Is that a thing? Yeah, that's Alice's Restaurant, the plot of that very long song. <laughs> oh, gee whiz. <laughs> Sorry. 17. Right, <laughs> Do you think Foley and Murtaugh would make a buddy cop team as good as Bucky and Sam? And for reference, I'm talking about Axel Foley and I don't know, what was Murtaugh's first name? Bob? Roger Murtaugh. Yeah. Uh, uh, here, Here is the issue, is that... Uh, both of those men combined have have a age of three hundred and seventy five years old. Yeah. Um, uh, so that and is a problem. Bucky's one hundred and six. He is, but he, he <laughs> but he is a he's a light one hundred and six. Yeah. Uh, I think that uh, I, I man, I would love to see Axel Foley and Roger Murtaugh team up for something, 
but it would be something where it can't be something like you're dumb and dumberer where like they're 50 years old and pretending that they're still in their twenties. Like yeah. it would have to be something where they're old men going to do something that old men don't do. That would be fun to watch. Well, and not for nothing, but you know, <laughs> Danny Glover's been too old for this shit since 30 years ago. <laughs> but it's but also, I mean, we never get the buddy cop movie with two loose cannons, which is kind of what we have here. <laughs> we but get Murtaugh a- isn't Murtaugh isn't the loose cannon. Riggs is who you're thinking of. Oh, I'm yes. sorry. See, I'm I'm out of the loop on buddy cop stuff. You, you got because you always you, to always remember it. Just think about it with Danny Glover's voice. Oh, come on, Riggs. Oh, you know what? Yeah. I'll never forget that until after we're done recording this. Fair enough. <laughs> 18. 18. Or the next question. <laughs> 18. They're going in a completely different direction with New Cap than I thought they would. And I have been pleasantly surprised. How have you guys felt about it? I so- mean, I you know, it's I'm I'm already familiar with the character. And it's going about how I thought it would. But I still like it. Like, I'm not pleasantly surprised, but I'm pleasantly enjoying this. Uh, for me, it is a little bit because I'm not as familiar, but I, the the vibe that you could instantly get that that it got from me just by kind of seeing him there at the begin or the end of the first episode was just like, oh, this is going to be kind of our bad. This is going to be the guy that we're going against. And at least at this particular time, he seems like at least while he may be a bit of a kind of a jerk, he does seem like it, everything is coming from the heart that he does mean what he says and that he's he's doing these things for the right reason. It just may not be up to what Sam and uh, and Falcon or, or Falcon and uh, Winter Soldier here are trying to do. I'm trying to remember James, but it wouldn't work. <laughs> but I yeah, I, I I like where he's I like where he's going though overall because he's he doesn't seem to be the initial bad guy that I was hoping. Where did you think he was gonna kinda go? I thought that he was immediately going to be shifty and not to be now, trusted. I, 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 you know, this may not come in to the TV show at all, but as super Patriot before he became the fake captain America, he would actually set up, like he would get people to pretend to be criminals. And then he would show up and save the day just to like pump, like a little booster gold style, pumping up his reputation. So mm-hmm. he, he does have a little bit of that wanting to be part of the cool, cool kids club like we see at the end of this episode. So there may be some more of that come out. But that's why I think there's some uh, uh, trickery in how he's being presented. I, and I would be, that would be great too. But he sure, sure as hell seems earnest. Yep. You know. So far, so far. But at the same time so too, far. like when he, when he talks about like, you know, tracking them and stuff, he's just like, hey, we're the government. Well, it's what we're gonna do. You, you think that you, uh, you sure you did a little couple of uh, uh, you know fixes there on Red Wing and everything, but you didn't fix all of the things because we, we still found you. So little, still a little bit untrustworthy, but it feels like uh, his heart's more in the right place than just kind of coming in to mess everything up. But then again, that is what a villain would do. He would like try to make you comfortable. Yeah, I, I just think he's basically a good guy who doesn't have a good emotional intelligence. Like he doesn't know how to decide for himself the difference between right and wrong. So he has to, to trust other people to point him in the right direction. But at his core, I think he wants to do what's right. I think he's got that in common with the comic book character when written properly. I do mm-hmm. love the ultimate swagger and stuff that he does have where she's just like, well, who said that you could, uh, you could get these guys out of jail? It's like, well, me, <laughs> that's on my authority. I do what I want, lady. Come on. 
Number 19, the impromptu therapy session was informative and funny, but do you think uh, interpersonal relationships, no matter who they are, could all benefit from people just sitting down and talking it out? I think so. For the most part, you know, there are people who get together and they don't know the person they're with. And there are certain people who, if they were to learn who that person is, uh, bad things would happen. Um, there's, you know, it's the 500 days of summer thing I'm thinking of where you have in your head who this person is versus who this person actually is. And uh, so, but for the most part, for most folks, I would say absolutely. I think that, you know, uh, talking things out instead of letting them blow up in a restaurant is probably great all around. Yeah, I, th- I think more people, if if we all just, you know, sat down with that idea of I'm going to hear this person out and they come in with that exact same idea of they're going to hear you out and you just find some common ground that you can, you know, both stand on and try to figure out a way to move forward. I think so many of our, and, our problems in life can be solved and, with that. that just talking. And it's also just kind of sometimes helpful to have someone without any skin in the game, just like an impartial juror to sit there and say, you know, when I hear this, it sounds more to me like this it's because both of you end up getting to the point where you're like, each of you, the two people having the conflict, both believe if I don't dig in my heels, they're going to gaslight me and walk over me. So sometimes having an impartial person say, you know what, that does sound kind of reasonable, can help you feel like you're not being pushed around yourself. All right, let's stop talking about my first marriage and go into question 20. <laughs> Is Sharon Carter going to be stuck in a referee role when she joins Bucky and Falcon? Now, was she in prison at this point? I, I forget where she's at in, in this timeline. I just know she's in the trailer, so she's going to show up. Oh, so I don't she know is where it. she is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I he, feel like that's got to be kind of that role then, I would think. Uh, who is in your head right now? Sharon Carter as the, the blonde lady, Sharon Carter? Is that yeah. who you're thinking yeah. of? Yeah. Okay. Agent 13, Sharon okay. Carter. Okay. Um, I, I think that, that you're, you, there, there's, there has to be some of that, you know, a bit of it anyway. But I think that. Uh, what I really don't want to have happen is her being the voice of reason between the two of them. Like I, I, I like uh, I, I, I don't want it to be a sitcom and right now it's not. And th- they're, they're, they're close. They're, they're edging closer to that being like, Oh, like you guys, I, we need to get along. Like, you know, do, like that. Do, you, do you seriously think for a minute that, that Marvel would create a streaming show using sitcoms? As, no, they wouldn't. Do that. <laughs> no, definitely not. Unheard of. Uh, it, but you know, they're, they're pretty close to that edge of me being able to guess what the characters are saying, going to say, but they're not there yet. And I want to keep it that way. So I, I certainly hope not. Uh, you know, to a certain point, let's put it that way. I also think at this point, they're they've kept they've been kind of smart in keeping just enough underlying angst and anger between these two that like you don't feel like they hate each other, but they like like you know brothers they kind of get on each other's nerves just a touch where it's like you know what sometimes you kind of bother me even though you know probably a real tango and cash vibe yeah. Um. I, I like it because there's just enough of what you're talking about, Sean, to feel familiar, but not right. be predictable. So I want right. him to keep walking that tight rope. Yeah, that's it. where they are right now is perfect. And, and, and that's basically where I want them to be. You know, one of my favorite moments is that moment where 
he kisses Peggy and then they cut back to those two in the car and they're just nodding their heads. It's, it's such a great moment. Like that's, that's kind of what I, I, number one, I believe that that's where this show came from in the first place is from that five second scene. But two, (laughs) but two, I think that that's basically the vibe they're going for is like, you know, like we will agree to disagree, but we will be able to make things work. I, I think that's where they'll be throughout this entire series oh man it kind of feels like a a movie where a guy dies and his wife and his mistress are both at the funeral and they hate each other then end up being friends talking about how bad the guy was or something he was a jerk wasn't he (laughs) all right 21 what's more likely new caps buddy is behind the big bad this season or new caps buddy gets killed making new cap go crazy uh I think it's, I think either one of those is pretty good, man. I, I give you some props for that. I, it may be neither of those. Both of those are pretty good speculation. I think what's going to happen is a favor is going to be called in and uh, Battlestar, let's use his name. Yeah. Battlestar will uh, do the favor that's called in. And I think we're going to start to realize Johnny Walker's not such a bad guy because he refuses and stands up to Battlestar. That's what I think is going to happen. Yeah, I, I think that's that's probably not too far off. I, I, I don't know. Battlestar is going to be a very interesting one. And by the way, you'll never not see this. Uh, when I look at that guy, I like I like this guy does nothing but just like it, it, you know exude um, just this machismo coming off him. He's got so much swagger. This guy he re- he looks like Ernie Hudson and Viola Davis had a baby, and <laughs> and like he just has that like yeah I'm the coolest guy in this room. You better believe that is because he's always got his head turned just to the side a little bit. He's always kind of leaning on something. He's just got this badass vibe that I like about that guy. So to me, he to me he feels like a pretender because you got, you know, Bucky and and Falcon in the same room with these guys, yeah, and he just feels pretend to me, which which I I'm certain there is what they're going for. He would probably yeah. have to because I mean you know it's like that's why he's like oh, I got a nickname too you know so so you know it's cool. <laughs> it would have been funny if they had tried to call him the new Bucky though. Because he got a new cap and a new Bucky. I would have liked to have seen how Sebastian Stan's James Barnes handled that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Like, look, all right, fair enough you're calling him Cap, but this guy's Bucky? Get out of here. This guy's 37 years old. I was 19 <laughs> when they called me Bucky. <laughs> 22. 22. Do we know who the hostage on the truck was? Maybe I just missed it. It's yeah, there was nest. no hostage. Yeah, yeah it, no was, hostage. it was a trap. Oh, that, yeah. that was specifically a trap. Okay. Yeah. All right. That was Carly Morgendow. But that was, that was, she was the one that was on the truck? Yes. She yes. was the heat signature on the truck. And then she even comes out from behind the vaccines with like a timid look on her face yeah. as if we didn't already know who she was. That would have been kind of a cool reveal if we didn't. I watched it twice and still just, I wish maybe a, a, a close up or a, a closer medium shot would have maybe, maybe cemented that a little bit more in my head, but. Maybe that's me. I'm sorry. Yeah, send your notes to Feige. Yeah. Come on, Feige. Get it together for crying out loud. If my stupid self can't figure this out, who can? 23. (laughs) Is there any chance we get to see a flashback to the battle between Bucky and Isaiah in Korea? I think there's no doubt about it. I think that's absolutely what's going to happen because you you have that character in the old age makeup. He's not that old. So I I think there's no doubt we're seeing that. I, I think that's going to be cool then. Yeah. Yeah, and at this point it's not unprecedented within the show because he's had if if 
you know, he's had the dream back when he killed the other guy and stuff. So I don't, I don't, I don't see that being a uh, too much of a stretch. I like it though, especially knowing that that guy is not the uh, the elder statesman that he looks to be. And I'll say this: good makeup job and everything, because I, I sure and, shoot and in, bought it. You know, in the comics, this character came around about two thousand three, and the idea is once Captain America went uh, missing, they decided to experiment with the super soldier serum. And they experimented with a group of African-American soldiers and they actually dressed him up like Captain America, but then swept all the records under the rug because, you know, uh, they didn't think that that was the image they wanted for America to have a person of color in the cap suit. So I wonder if they'll actually have him in the Captain America garb if we see that flashback. It's a it's a great little mini series. I, I love that series. Yeah, I, I I would uh I definitely would be uh, interested in that. Didn't he have like some whole backstory and stuff, Bruce? Uh, somebody mentioned this in uh in some comments. I've, we didn't get a chance to put him in here, but like didn't like a whole bunch of famous people visit him like when he was yeah, in prison? Yeah, yeah, I put that question in. He was famous. He was basically put in prison because they didn't want people to know that, that the government had created him. So he was kind of like a political prisoner and he got visited by Malcolm X and Muhammad Ali and uh uh, Nelson Mandela and other famous sort of civil rights figures from that era. Yeah, it should be interesting. 24. Is this show setting up Captain America 4 with Sam in the lead as Cap? And that comes from Peter, a.k.a. not so bad looking. I think they're setting up Sam to be Cap, but I don't know if it'll be Captain America 4 or like Captain America Wisps of the Wind the series. Wisps you know, of the looks, Wind. <laughs> I'm just making I mean that's how they all go. Nothing has numbers. It's all got some kind of title. And I think it'll probably be I, I think they're gonna be investing their money in streaming series for anything that hasn't already been announced. Yeah. Well I I can de- yeah, I think you're well, you're definitely right with the I think we're finished for the most part with uh with any Marvel movie having a number after it, and it's just always gonna be some sort of subtitle there. Uh, I definitely think we're at that point, uh, but I I think ultimately, yeah, it's this this feels like where it's going, be it a movie or or TV show. But and, and the comic was simply called Captain America: colon, Sam Wilson, so I could see that even being the name of something. And that's not bad. That's super nice. It's simple. It's clean. That works. Yeah, it's like and he you're looks not, great. You're not conv- you're not confused or nothing. You just go like, oh, Captain America, Sam, perfect. That that melding of Captain America and Sam looks so great. It, it yeah. just looks it's such a good looking costume. Twenty five, Adam. This one comes to us from Rob from We Have Been Watching podcast. Not a bad way to plug your show, everybody. Uh, his question is this: My big theory is that is this new Cap is going to be the, a bad guy planted by Zemo in an MCU version of Citizen V and Thunderbolts. What you think about that one, man? This past week, I read uh, the second Citizen V in the V Battalion miniseries. It was only four issues, thank goodness, because it's not good. But uh, (laughs) there, they installed Flag Smasher as the dictator of the country of Rumekistan. So it is something Citizen V likes to do, but I don't think that they're going to alter Johnny Walker's character that much from his comic book. Uh, He's got a pretty good comic book legacy, so I don't think they're going to go that far out. Yeah, I I would imagine that Zemo is uh, running a different plot line than New Cap. Um, I, I and I want it to, quite honestly. Um, I, I think that Zemo needs his own his own story, uh, I, and I think that New Cap needs his own story as well. If 
it's just too Stan Lee-ish to have the, these two characters together. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's the same feeling of like, uh, uh, not only is there a new green goblin, but it's his son. Like, you know, it's yeah. like the same, it's, it has that very real, like Stan Lee-ish feel to it. If we go that way. And I, and they've been so, uh, terrific at having the, the themes of these characters, but not the whole cloth characters, which is exactly what they should be doing. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think we there. find more times than not is just having that feeling of what we're doing and not necessarily a uh, direct translation of that that ends up making things much better. Uh, you know, Preacher was certainly that way. It's like, oh, it's not that, but it is that. And, you know, it, it makes it so it's, you know, palatable and new, but yet familiar at the same time. 26. Have we seen the last of Red Wing? No way. I don't. Yeah, I don't think so at all. Well, but where does he get a new one? And who does he trust now that he was tracked through Red Wing? Here's a tough one. So, like, I, I think, yes, we're going to get one. I don't know where he's going to get it or how he's necessarily going to get it or program it. But, you know, from what we saw in episode one with him, like, hey, don't touch my stuff. This is all the government thing. From then Cap saying in this episode that, yeah, we tracked you from that. We're the government. That's what we do. We're going to get all of your stuff. Uh, this is great. This is, I think this is a great storytelling thing that we, she snapped that over her knee and everything. This way we can get a new Red Wing where it won't have that sort of intervention and also plugs up that story gap that would make you think, oh, well, can't they just do this? Well, now that you've heard it, now you've seen it destroyed. Once we get a new one, that will be off the table. Oh, man. And I just came to me as you're talking, but it would also kind of line up with some stuff that happened with Sam Wilson in the comic books. Now that Tony Stark's gone, the one place he could trust to give him a new Red Wing is Wakanda. Oh, wow. I didn't even, uh, that did, hadn't even factored in. Yeah, because he yeah. had his Wakandan wings for a while in the comics. Yeah, that would make sense. I like that. 27, Sean. My favorite part of this episode was the couple's therapy scene. What's yours? My favorite bit was uh, as as uh, they're walking through the neighborhood and the little kid goes, "Yeah, Black Falcon." He goes, "What? No, it's just <laughs> it's just Falcon." No, nah, my daddy said it's Black Falcon. It's like, why? Because I'm black? <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, I mean, kind of. That's pretty much it. He just goes, "What are you, black kid?" And that kid's <laughs> eyes rolled so far in the back of his head, he was just like, "You gotta be kidding me!" Whatever, man. I love that so much. That kid played that perfect. I think for me, the favorite part or the favorite scene was when uh, Bucky and Sam basically tell Johnny, look, we know you're trying, but you're just not cool enough to be in our club. And then he gives him the the stink eye and he's like, I will smite you now. Stay out I kind of like way. that. I can, for some reason, I can relate to that. <laughs> but I also like the cojones that it takes to look at somebody that is, you know, from a, a branch of the government and everything. and just goes like, you got to follow rules. I ain't following no rules. Kiss it, sucker. And then, and then they're like, wait, are you telling a law enforcement guy, so to speak, you know, kind of in a loose term, that uh, you don't care and you're just going to do what you want? That seems dangerous, but okay. I like the idea that we get more insight into Bruce's enemies list. <laughs> it's a long and yep. buried history. <laughs> There's a group of kids from the cafeteria at Jackson Junior High that really better look out if I ever see them. <laughs> All right. 28. 20. 
This show is uh, the show is called The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. What do you think the character arcs are for our two leads? What do they want slash need, etc., and uh, that this story will either give them or teach them? Do you have anything on on your mind there, Sean? Well, this is a big. I mean, these are big questions. Uh, the 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 overall thing between the two of them ultimately is that they have to figure out who they are without Cap, and you know. Falcon, that's an easier road for Winter Soldier. That is not. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's part one of this question. Part two is that they that they both have to find their their place in the world now. Like you know, they're they're Avengers kind of. They're not with the government. Like you know, what are they going to do with the rest of their lives? And that's kind of the overall themes of the show currently. Um, and we found now, like a really good session, a little bit of that in the in the therapy session and everything, where we finally get just a little bit of insight into Bucky, where he just goes, "If he's wrong about you, what does that mean about me?" And like that was right. that was super powerful right there. Did we finally got to see a crack in the veneer of Bucky? Now the the character arcs here, for me, it's pretty obvious with Sam. You know, I think the the place you go with Sam is he accepts that if somebody's going to be Captain America, then he's good enough to be Captain America. I think that is what happens. Sam is Captain America at the end. Last week, you asked a question about will both of these title characters live to the end, Sean? And I was like, of course they will. But now with a week of retrospect and thinking, where does the Winter Soldier story arc have left to go? I think it's finding peace the same way Tony Stark did, dying a noble death. It's a And tough I think one. that might be where he's going. And that's not what I want, but I think that might be where he's going. He's still a hundred and nine year old man that's out of time and everything. And I'm, I'm hoping that like maybe that yeah. I'm hoping that instead of just dying a heroic death, he somehow gets to to become old again. And you know, he walks off into the sunset the way Steve did. I hope it's not just straight up on screen death, but uh it may maybe neither of those, but I'm feeling a real strong vibe like that's the final part in his arc and he's already there. I could see that. Yeah, excellent. 29. All right, guys. Crackpot theory time. My favorite time next to lunchtime, breakfast time, and dinner time. <laughs> but who was Zemo playing chess with? And is it better if it's a hero or a villain? I'm guessing that he was playing. Well, I was going to say playing with himself, but that's a little dirty. I was going to say because the, uh, the, the most challenging uh, enemy is the enemy within. So he was playing against himself. That's that's a crap answer, but whatever. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I can tell you who I hope he's playing chess with. Who I want him to be pay, playing chess with is Magneto. But yes, yes, I think that's what we all want. But I, I don't think it's that. I, I think that it's it's more than likely it's going to be uh, uh, Ross, General Ross. Yeah, that's yeah. a good that's a good bet. I like that. I think you nailed it there, Sean. We'll see. Mustache and everything. Or maybe it's Anya Taylor-Joy, but she's not playing magic. She's playing her character from that Netflix thing. <laughs> the chess show. <laughs> that, was. That, that is an amazing television show. And if you haven't seen it, you should see it. It's incredible. I thought it was a Gambit movie, but it's not. Not, no, not as, I'm no. like, I'm waiting for them to charge up some cards here and ain't crap happening. I'm getting pissed. <laughs> Let's wrap Take it up. Take us home, Sean. Question 30. 30, I find myself smiling throughout while watching this show. Do you? Yes. It is a, uh, 
it's so much fun. It is, and, and what I like about it, and the same thing that I've liked about Marvel as a whole within the entire MCU and everything leading into all of this, all of the stuff feels different and new, and uh, it, there's just a new shine on everything as it comes in. And as as crazy and innovative and different as WandaVision was, this feels nothing like that, but yet it still does feel like we're in that kind of same universe and everything. There's a level of consistency that they're doing here that is so wildly, I think, unappreciated within within its own time is to the stuff that they've been able to pull off so far and transfer from movies now into television, and it is still working as darn near seamlessly as possible, and it's it's astounding. You know, the other kind of thing that this show is, because, you know, it's basically your buddy cop movie, but the other thing it is is it's also a road movie. Um, it, it, it there's always forward momentum happening on this show. It always feels like it's going forward. And, and I, I realized they were on trucks this week. So it feels more like a road movie this week than it did last week, but it still, it does feel like, like they, they are headed to a destination and I am excited every, with every episode. I, I just, I, I enjoy watching this show so very much. And it's fast. It just yeah. like you are finished with an episode and it's just like, whew, where did that time go? That sucker just yeah. flew right by. Yeah, man. It is so rewatchable too. Yeah. Well, that is it, everybody. Another 30 questions down. And once you know it, we'll come back here for another 30 questions next week. If you would like your question to get on the show, go ahead and email us at marvel30q at gmail.com. We usually record these on a Sunday, so get them in as quick as you can. Keep them nice and short. We really appreciate that. And uh, all the good ones float to the top. Bruce, where can we find more of your work on the Internet, sir? You know, I'm still wanting people to check out the YouTube channel. I just put up a video this afternoon uh, talking about my first impressions of Falcon Winter Soldier, as well as the animated series Invincible. Go check that out. I got a great video that came up last week about the top 10 doctors in comics, according to a guy dressed kind of like a doctor. And I've got a Flag Smasher episode coming up later this week. So check that out. YouTube.com slash C slash Bruce Leslie. Flag Smasher, Sean. <laughs> What about going to our Mothership podcast, Hero Movie Podcast? We've been doing it for seven years. We have a lot going on over there. And uh, this week we reviewed Akira. So check that out if you're interested. Indeed we do. That is it, everybody. Join us next week for yet another 30 Questions. For Sweet Shanta Kovacs from the internet, Bruce Leslie, I'm Adam Fortress. Welcome, punch! She's into superstitions, black cats and voodoo dolls. I feel a premonition, that girl's gonna make me fall. She's into new sensations, new kicks in the candlelight.
Rock City. In the funky cheap hotel.